Hi, this is Victor in Chamber. We have Gabo down. Thanks. Oh, we are? I didn't see the, the, the picture go through. Oh, I hope on. I got it. It was left on public PC. Got it, sorry. This meeting will come to order. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Monday, November 6, 2023 meeting of the Rules Committee of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. I'm Supervisor Matt Dorsey, Chair of this committee. I am joined by Vice Chair Shimon Walton and Committee Member Asha Safai. Together, we would like to express our gratitude to our clerk today, Mr. Victor Young. Thanks also to the team at SFGov TV for facilitating and broadcasting today's meeting. In particular, our producer today, Mr. James Kawana. Mr. Clerks, do you have any announcements? Yes, public comment will be taken on each item on this agenda. When your item of interest comes up and public comment is called, please line up to speak on your right. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in writing in either of the following ways. Email them to myself, the Rules Committee Clerk, at bictor.young at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment by email, it will be forwarded to the supervisors and included as part of the file. You may also send written comments via U.S. mail to our office in City Hall, 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlip Place, room 244, San Francisco, California, 94102. Please make sure to silence all cell phones and electronic devices. Documents to be included as part of the file should be submitted to myself. Items acted upon today are expected to bear on the Board of Supervisors agenda on November 14th, unless otherwise stated. Uh, in regards uh, to media, meeting decorum, I would ask that any signs that you are carrying not be, rate, be kept at chest level or lower and do not block anybody else's view with your signs. And in, in regards to applause, we uh, suggest that you um, limit your applause and instead uh, give jazz hands to express support if you wish to do so. That completes uh, my announcements. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Would you please call item number one? Yes, item number one is the motion approving and rejecting the mayor's nomination for the appointment of Kent Lim, term ending November 3rd, 2026, to the Successor Agency Commission, commonly known as the Commission on Community Investment and Infrastructure. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, Mr. Lim is joining us in person um, this morning, and I just want to note for everyone that we have four items on today's agenda, a couple of which may be uh, high interest and time consuming, so for appointments being considered, we customarily ask presenters to limit themselves to um, two minutes um, and be available for any questions from uh, myself or my colleagues. Mr. Lim, welcome to the Rules Committee this morning, and uh, you can step up to either microphone for speak for a couple of minutes. The floor is yours. Good morning, uh, Supervisor Dorsey, Walton, and Sifarcier. And uh, my name is Kent Lim. And uh, our family came to San Francisco in May of 1963, and I went to uh, Marina Junior High School and graduated from Lincoln High School. And after high school, I joined the ship metal trade in July 1969. Then I started my business in contracting in 1985 and retired in 2014. And, at its, uh, and my business at its peak 
we hire over 100 workers. And, and, I, and I'm proud of the diverse workforce and also was recognized by the Department of Labor. And I serve on many uh, boards and, uh, in the communities, such as Chinese for Affirmative Action, Mission Hiring Hall, Workforce Investment San Francisco, and so on. And, and I start my consulting business in 2014 to assist and advise small local contractors to build capacity so they can help their business to be sustainable. And today I'm here uh, delighted to be nominated to the OCII commissions and I understand a little bit about the function of this commission. Uh, approve actions related to enforceable obligations. There's three main enforceable obligations. One is a Hunters Point Shipyard, Mission Bay, and Trans Bay. And it oversees the creation of affordable housing, infrastructure, and parks. And also exercise the land use authority. And authorize financing of budget, community facilities, and bond for housing. Uh, and I also, with my experience in contracting, that my wish is to increase the contracting opportunity for the San Francisco micro LBEs and also increase the local hiring from the community working on these OCI projects. And thank you. Uh, if you have any questions for me. Um, no questions for me. I do, I really appreciate um, the, your work, you know, there on this um, committee, uh, two of us, uh, Vice Chair Walton and myself, represent the districts that will be most served by um, OCII, and really I want to express my appreciation for um, your continued service to our city and uh, service that has included some of the seismic work in the building that we're sitting in, so thanks so much for um, serving our city. I don't see, um, oh, Supervisor Safai. Thank you, <clears throat> thank you, Mr. Lim. Uh, for the work that you've done over the years with City Build, the work that you've done to help upgrade many of our city's buildings, like the War Memorial Building and, and the Federal Building in the area, and for your leadership in, a, in an industry that's not always supportive and receptive uh, to people mm -hmm. of color, and particularly uh, Asian Americans and API, so thank you for being a leader in that, and thank you for willing to step forward at this part in your career. career. Many people could walk off and just enjoy uh, what they're doing with their free time, but instead you're coming back to serve. So thank you for stepping forward, and certainly look forward uh, to working with you. I only have one request of you. So OCII is in charge of making sure that the project in front of the Chase Center that's a green space, gets done. And it literally has sat undeveloped, fenced off for years. Uh, mm. Last year when we were in the finals, uh, the year before, they had a shot of that. The Chase Center was beautiful, but the area was completely unfinished and undone. 
So that's my only request. Please make that a priority, along with all the other things that you carry and the things that we've talked about in the past. All right. I haven't stopped the job yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good. Thank, Thank, Thank you, you, Mr. Lim. Um, seeing no one else on the roster, Mr. Clerk, can we open this up to public comment? Yes, members of the public who wish to speak on this item should line up to speak now along the side by the windows. Each speaker will be allowed two minutes. That will, there will be a soft chime when you have 30 seconds left and a louder chime when your time has expired. If you'd like to make public comment, you can approach the podium at this time. I see no members of the public who wish to comment on this matter. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Public comment on this item is now closed. And I would like to make a motion to strike reject everywhere it appears in this motion and send this item to the full board. Mr. Clerk, can we have a roll call vote on that motion? Uh, yes, uh, the, the motion is to delete the word reject throughout the legislation and to reckon the mandar as amended to the full board. On that motion, Vice Chair Walton. Aye. Walton, aye. Supervisor Safai. Aye. Safai, aye. Chair Dorsey. Aye. Dorsey, aye. The motion passes without objection. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. And now item one, mayoral appointment, successor agency commission Kent Lim is sent to the full board as amended and approved. Congratulations, Mr. Lim. Mr. Clerk, can you call item number two? Yes, item number two is the ordinance approving airport surveillance technology policies governing the use of application-based commercial transport technology, electronic toll reading, and detection systems for gunshot and other noises. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, we are joined this morning by uh, airport staff Guy Clark. Um, as always with these items, um, we have COIT Director Jillian Johnson on standby remotely, I believe, if there are further questions or any technical questions. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, we're, we've got a kind of a packed agenda today, so I'm asking folks to limit things to just a couple of minutes. Um, but this is basically um, fulfilling the obligations of a surveillance technology ordinance that just shows that city departments are giving thought to the implications of their use of surveillance technology. So if you could take a couple of minutes to uh, describe the uh, technology uh, items that are being considered for policies and uh, your process in going through that, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Good morning, uh, Chair Dorsey, Vice Chair Walton, and many um, members of Um We had three uh, surveillance technologies that were put through the COIT approval process. Um, the first one is the application-based commercial transport technology. Um, that specifically deals with, allows the airport to manage our um, transportation network companies, so the Uber, Lyft, and so on. Um, from a monitoring standpoint, we have agreements with them to um, park, park and pick up passengers only in certain areas, and so that's part of the process. The real big part, though, is the um, collection and, and billing of invoices for the, uh, for the city in the airport because they do pay a fee every time they come and pick up, much like the way taxis do as well. So um, critical application there. The second policy was electronic toll readers, which is using the fast track. So it um, reads, reads the, uh, um, the license plates for people coming in and out of our parking facilities. Um, from that standpoint, so we are able to um, charge them using fast track. And then the third technology is the gunshot t t um, detection solution. That is going to be a pilot. It's not currently in place. Well, the other two technologies were already in place. Um, and literally, this is a, it uses an algorithm to track um, loud noises, meaning you know, breaking of glass, like if somebody picked up a chair and threw it through a plate glass window inside the terminals. Um, gunshots, it has an algorithm that's recorded pretty much every gun known to mankind, evidently. And so it, it can provide that information. And it's via text, so it, it's not a, doesn't, um, sync with our cameras at all. So it's just literally 
a text message that would get sent to our first responders so they would know what kind of gun they're walking to and also provides um, our security operations center at the airport with the triangulation of where that shot came from so they can tell the um, first responders how to best approach it to minimize um, you know, any risk to life and limb, hopefully, from passengers and or themselves as they respond to it. So those are the three technologies we put up through Kuwait. Um. Great. Uh, thank you so much. Um, Mr. Clark, I don't have any questions. I've gone through some of the filings. I don't know if there's my colleagues have any questions or comments. Appreciate your uh, time making this presentation. Great. Um, thank Mr. you. Mr. Clark, can, uh, anything to add, or are we... No, if there's no questions, okay. then, yeah. And if there are any follow-ups, please just go ahead and email them to us, and we can provide the answers. Great. I appreciate your work on this. Thanks so Thank much. you very much for your time. Appreciate Great. it. Um, okay. Seeing no one on the roster, Mr. Clerk, can we open this item up to public comment? Yes, members of the public who wish to speak on this item can line up to speak at this time. Each speaker will be allowed two minutes. There will be a soft chime when you have 30 seconds left and a louder chime when your time has expired. If you'd like to make public comment on this matter, you can approach the podium at this time. I see no public commenters on this matter. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Public comment on item number two is now closed, and I'd like to make a motion to send this item to the full board with a positive recommendation. Mr. Clerk, can we have a roll call on that motion? Yes, on that motion, Vice Chair Walton. Walton, aye. Supervisor Safai. Safai, aye. Chair Dorsey. Aye. Dorsey, aye. The motion passes without objection. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. On a unanimous vote, then, item number two, administrative code, approval of airport surveillance technology policies is sent to the full board with positive recommendation. Mr. Clerk, can we, clerk, can we please call the next item, item three? Yes. Uh, item number three is ordinance amending the administrative code to reduce the membership of the Behavioral Health Commission from 17 to 11 seats, provide that the full board of supervisors rather than individual supervisors make these appointments, require that at least one seat be held by a veteran or veteran's advocate, reduce the minimum number of seats reserved for consumers and families of consumers from nine to six, reset staggered terms for all seats, and remove seat requirements for child advocates and certain mental health professionals. Great, thank you, Mr. Clerk. So we have some um, uh, amendments for this item, but they are not going to be ready today. So I think what I'm gonna do is make a motion to continue this item. I do, did wanna give a bit of a, um, just a explanation for the um, composition of the Behavioral Health Commission. Um, this is a state-mandated body, um, so there's requirements that the state law puts on it, and then there's also requirements that we as a city and county add to that. And sometimes there's uh, requirements that we have where the state is asking that a certain number be designated for certain things, and then we have other city requirements. And what can happen in a um, body like this is that it can get big and unwieldy and sometimes we don't make quorum because it's complicated and there's too, really too many people there. So we have been working with uh, the Department of Public Health and stakeholders to make sure that we can pair this back into something that is workable and that um, we're, no, we're not missing meetings because we're not having, making a quorum. Um, because we don't have um, the amendments ready today and because we have people here um, for other things, I'm gonna make a motion to continue this to the call of the chair, Mr. Clerk. Uh, can we open this to public comment? Yes. Members of the public who wish to speak on this item should line up to speak at this time. Each speaker will be allowed two minutes. Those, there will be a soft chime when you have 30 seconds left and a louder chime when your time has expired. 
We, it looks like we have a speaker at the podium. You may begin. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, I'm happy to hear uh, that, that amendments are going to be proposed, and so I support the continuance. Back to you, Mr. Clerk. Are there any other members of the public who would like to provide public comment at this time? I see no other speakers. Great. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Public comment on this item is now closed. And I would like to make a motion to continue item number three to the call of the chair. Yes, on the motion to continue item number three to the call of the chair. Vice Chair Walton. Aye. Walton, aye. Supervisor Safai. Aye. Safai, aye. Chair Dorsey. Aye. Dorsey, aye. The motion passes without objection. Great. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. On a unanimous vote then, item number three, administrative code, composition of the Behavioral Health Commission is continued to the call of the chair. Mr. Clerk, could you please call the next item, item number four. Yes, item number four is a charter amendment, third draft, to amend the charter of the city and county of San Francisco to define FODD sworn officers for the purpose of establishing minimum staffing levels for sworn officers of the police department and contingent upon controller certification that a future tax measure passed by the voters will generate sufficient additional revenue to fund the cost of the employing full duty sworn officers at specified minimum staffing levels and that minimum amount necessary to implement a police staffing fund. Great, thank you, Mr. Clerk. So this is uh, round number three for the um, police full staffing charter amendment, um, which was substantially gutted last week and advanced over my strong objections. Uh, this charter amendment began as a five-year plan to deliver on the promise of a fully staffed police department given the historic crisis we face in police understaffing in San Francisco and the resultant safety challenges we're facing in terms of open-air drug scenes, public drug use, rampant retail theft, and general public disorder. Um, instead, uh, the 11th hour hostile amendment last week turned this into a cop tax scheme, which postpones any progress on police staffing until and unless voters pass a future tax. To quote from the measure, which Supervisor Safai is now the sponsor of, Minimum staffing levels for sworn officers of the police department will be, and I quote, contingent upon the controller's certification of a future tax measure passed by the voters. In my view, this cop tax ploy uh, cynically aims to manipulate voters' legitimate concerns about our public safety challenges to incentivize support for a new or modified tax to be enacted next year. As I said last week, I think most San Franciscans will be offended by this political ploy. And based on what I have heard and read in the last week, I think most San Franciscans are already um, offended by this. Um, the original proposed amendment would have allowed San Francisco voters to decide whether or not to prioritize their own existing tax dollars for a fully staffed police department. The hijacked version denies them that agency unless voters approve a future tax for it. Um, even if voters were to agree to a tax hike or tax modification in the election one full year from now, uh, this amended version will deny voters from having any meaningful role to fix our police understaffing crisis for 18 months at the earliest. If anyone needs a reminder um, about why voters need to fix this problem, the hijacking of this amendment should be convincing evidence for why only voters can be trusted to fix this problem that we are facing right now with police understaffing in San Francisco. And I would remind viewers of the gravity of this crisis by noting that an SFPD commander described to this board just last month as catastrophic our police staffing crisis, given the 
current pace of officer retirements. One third of the police force we are supposed to have in San Francisco isn't there. And with between 350 and 400 current police officers eligible for retirement right now, we could be looking at a police force at half its capacity if we fail to act promptly. Obviously, I will not support this um, hijacked version of this charter amendment, and I will continue to fight against it, however far it may go. I am grateful to my co-sponsors, uh, Supervisors Joel Engardio and Raphael Mandelman for withdrawing their support as well. I want to express my gratitude to Mayor London Breed for standing strongly with me in opposition to Supervisor Safai's cop tax version. And I'm enormously grateful to the public safety advocates from the business community and elsewhere for standing with me as well. I am informed that nearly 8,000 emails have been sent opposing the uh, cop tax scheme and the poison pill amendment. I want to thanks to say to everyone for participating in this. And I will say that thank you to everybody on, on every side of this too, that uh, you know, participation in government wherever people may be is important to this process. We are all ultimately better served by it. Um, but I am obviously not done fighting. And with that, I want to hand off to Supervisor Safai. <clears throat> thank you. Um, I think sometimes it takes time for supervisors when they get on the board to understand the legislative process. Um, Chair Dorsey uh, voted for this amendment last week, sounded very positive, and then later I think he was told that he shouldn't have done that. So he's still learning how to be a legislator, and that's fine, we'll, we'll give everyone the room to do that. Um, using inflammatory language consistently, um, as an extension of his old job, uh, having been formerly part of the police department. Again, I think it's taking him some time to understand that he's an elected official now and no longer the spokesperson for the police department. So I, I, I ask you all in the audience, give him some time. He will learn how to be a legislator. Um, but saying that, we are in a fiscal crisis. And when I say crisis, I mean, if you were part of this process last year, this mayor proposed cutting funding for childcare services in the city. This mayor cut funding for food services in the city. That's last year. That was when we were facing less than a quarter billion dollar deficit. This year, we are facing a $700 million deficit and growing. The mayor just last week announced 3% budget cuts to every single department, including the police department. So, so this proposal, although it might sound nice, without any funding source, it is a false promise. And it is setting up police officers against 911 call operators, against emergency room nurses, against firefighters, paramedics, sheriffs, all the people in this city that are involved in public safety. We need true public safety in San Francisco right now. And I know the voters of San Francisco will agree with that 100%. Okay? So we have been waiting for true leadership. This mayor has had six years. What did we hear from the police chief last year? Only a quarter of a million dollars has been dedicated to recruitment under this mayor. I did not hear one word 
of recruitment from this mayor last year during the budget process, nor Supervisor Dorsey, nor the police department for that matter. And by the way, where is the union that represents police officers on your measure, Supervisor Dorsey? They are not present. They are not in this room. They have not come out in favor of your proposal, but they are in favor of true public safety at the end of the day. I know they are. They don't want police officers pit against the true public safety net in this city. So I'm going to read a line from the controller, who is an objective source. Sad to hear that he is going to be leaving. But he said, this proposal would have a significant impact on the cost of government and would not be viable without a funding source. So I, I'm just saying, at the end of the day, we have to be reasonable. We have to be fiscally responsible. And I sat in this room a couple years ago when someone came and said, we want a $50 million, take $50 million out of our reserve for the small sites program. And I said no to that too. You know why? Because I predicted where we are today. I knew we were going to be in a fiscal crisis. We have to think about this city in its totality and the services. So you can continue to use inflammatory language like hostage and hijack, even when I've asked you to be respectful of my background, and you can continue to be that way, but I ask you respectfully again to be a little bit more respectful and sensitive to what's happening in the world right now. So this proposal, I think, is thoughtful. I think the voters of San Francisco will go for it. I'm sorry you chose to take your name off of it. I, can, I look forward to continue to working with you on it and anyone else that wants to be a part of it because I am for minimum police staffing. I am for moving this forward in a thoughtful way, and I believe the voters of San Francisco will also agree to that. But we can't pit vital services against one another. So I'm proud to move this forward, and again, I hope you come back around and want to be a part of real, true minimum staffing for the department and true public safety. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Safai. Supervisor Vice Chair Waltham. Thank you, Chair Dorsey. I just want to state briefly again that this whole charter amendment is a fallacy. Uh, it's just playing politics at its best. There's no way we can guarantee the level of staffing that is proposed in this charter amendment. And I think the original author knows and understands that. It would be really writing a blank check and taking away resources from all of the things that we need to keep people safe here in San Francisco. And I, and I did just want to thank Supervisor Safai for pointing out that this actual amendment was supported unanimously at this very meeting a week ago. Uh, every last one of us voted to support and push this forward. So I want to make sure that everyone understands that that is what actually happened here, here can I say last week. Thank you. I'm sorry, I just want to add one more thing. Thank you, Supervisor Walton. Thank you, Chair. Um, I want to also be clear, the intention of this is to look at existing uh, tax revenue. I feel strongly about that. We have the opportunity to sit at the table um, and, and have true public safety um, and, and ensure that this is funded in the proper way. Um, it does not have to be a new tax, and I want to underscore that. If you look on line 14, it says a modified tax passed by the voters. What that means is we can take an existing tax and restructure it and dedicate it to this purpose of true public safety and all of the functions that I outlined. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Supervisor Safai. 
So I just wanted, to, before opening up to public comment, I want to concede that I had a muscle memory um, yes at, uh, to the amendment that I <coughs> was not, I didn't even recognize until afterwards. I don't think anybody in San Francisco is uh, under any illusions where I stand on this. Um, I think this is a cop tax scheme that takes a measure that could work because it follows a playbook that is working in other counties throughout Northern California that are aggressively competing for law enforcement officers in one of the most competitive environments for law enforcement per personnel in modern history. Um, so I may be a new legislator, but the reality is this is a predictable crisis. We have known since the Clinton administration that there was a disproportionately large generational cohort of police officers reaching retirement age. And this building did not do enough to fix the problem. And as we stand here today, we are going off a cliff. And in fact, in 2020, a charter amendment removed the minimum staffing level that put us in worse shape. Uh, this charter amendment that I was proposing intended to do one thing, and that was to give voters agency to make a decision about how they spend their tax dollars or not. Um, and this hostile amendment, this cop tax scheme, basically denies them agency in that decision. This is putting words on the ballot, and I appreciate that people think this won't work, but that raises the question. If you don't think this is work, workable, why would you put it on the ballot with a tax hike or tax modification trigger? Um, I think it indicates to me that there is some workability here to give the department resources to better compete with agencies that are fixing their problems while San Francisco is not. Supervisor Safi. I'll just end with, uh, I said this last week, this is something that can be done. If the mayor were to come out and say that this were a high priority, she can prioritize this in her budget to make a more immediate action, um, as we talked about last week. And the controller even highlights that in, in their letter, says that the policy seeks to limit set-asides which reduce the general fund that could otherwise be allocated by the mayor and the board in the annual budget process. So. Thank you, Supervisor Safe, and seeing no one else on the roster, I know there's a lot of people here today who would like to express their thoughts on this. Um, because we have a number of people, I think we're going to do what we have done in the last couple of meetings on this and limit public comment to one minute. Uh, Mr. Clerk, can we open this up to public comment? Yes, members of the public who wish to speak on this item should line up now along the side by the windows. Each speaker will be allowed one minute. There will be a soft chime when you have 30 seconds left and a louder chime when your time has expired. You may begin. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and good morning, everyone. My name is Teresa Rutherford. I am president of SEIU 1021. Um, I am here to ask that we support uh, Asha Safai's um, aman amendment to ID a funding source for this public good. Um, you know, um, public safety means 911 dispatcher, dispatchers, um, affordable housing, addiction treatment, caregivers, and so much more. We all want to make our city safe, but we need to be smart. We need to, to take a global approach. And um, Supervisor Darcy, you voted your conscience the last time. Continue to do that. You did the right thing. 
don't change your mind. Stand up for the community and stand up for a wraparound complete service for San Francisco. Do not play politics. Approach this the right way. Do it with integrity. Vote the way you voted the last time. Thank you. Good morning, Supervisors. I'm Bianca Polavina. I'm a San Francisco resident, a San Francisco employee, and the president-elect of my union, IFPCE Local 21. Um, I, too, am here today in support of the improved version of the SFPD Full Staffing Act. This amended version calls for the inclusion of new revenue streams, which is a crucial shift from the original use of a $200 million budget set aside. We all know that true public safety encompasses nurses, 911 dispatchers, affordable housing, addiction treatment, violence prevention, intervention, and so much more. Also, the improved version of the SFPD Full Staffing Act acknowledges that policing alone will never be the panacea for all our public safety concerns. Residents know this as well. Residences know, residents know that all the pieces matter. The Safer, Smarter SF Coalition polling shows that most residents want this comprehensive approach, and they support asking big corporations to pay their fair share for it. Thank you. Morning, Supervisors. David Canham, 10 to 1. We are, I'm here to speak in support of Supervisor Asha Safai's amendment because Supervisor Dorsey's proposed charter amendment and set aside pits, 911 dispatchers, who by the way are facing a 40% vacancy rate, pits, us, pits nurses against police officers, it pits police officers against mental health workers, and, uh, and, and it's highly divisive. At a time when we are struggling to, to hire folks, we have thousands of vacancies that the city is struggling to fill, and so it is highly irresponsible also to add a $200 million on top of our already existing deficit. That we are, Asha Safai's measure is the responsible way to go, which is let's find one of the existing taxes and reform, and, 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 and uh, let's uh, re reorganize one of the existing taxes, amend one of the existing taxes, so that we could pay for, for, for all services that are necessary in the public safety puzzle. Thank you. Good morning, Supervisors. My name is AJ Thomas. I am the San Francisco PAC Chair for IFPT Local 21, and I've been a San Francisco resident for 15 years. I'm here to voice my strong support for the improved version of the SFPD Full Staffing Act, now amended to incorporate new revenue sources instead of a $200 million budget set aside. According to the controller, without additional funding, our city already faces a projected $500 million deficit by fiscal year 25-26. We also need to recognize that police alone cannot fix our public safety issues. We also need additional nurses, 911 dispatchers, paramedics, and many more. And finally, new polling shows that San Franciscans understand this, that if we want to expand these sorts of recruitment efforts, that we need to assign either an existing tax revenue source or a new tax revenue source to pay for it. And San Franciscans are in support of a smarter, safer uh, San Francisco. Please support the amended measure. Thank you for your time.
Good morning. My name is Annie Lee with Chinese for Affirmative Action, a Chinatown-based organization that has provided direct services to monolingual Chinese immigrants since 1969. Our community's experience helps us define safety as not merely just the absence of harm, but the presence of thriving communities. To create thriving communities in every neighborhood, our city's public funding must be directed towards increasing language access in all city services and revitalizing our shared public spaces, including parks, transit, schools, and commercial corridors. We need to reinvest in our social safety net so that no one falls through the cracks. We cannot afford to spend public funds on policing, which does not get to the root causes of crime. Let's focus on evidence-based solutions that really keep us safe. Let's transform vacant lots into small businesses. Let's make sure tenants have safe, stable housing. Let's make sure that we support teachers and childcare workers who serve our children every day. A mere three years ago, city voters overwhelmingly approved Prop Speaker, E. Speaker, time has elapsed. Thank, Thank you, you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about true public safety. Hi, uh, my name is Claire Lau. I'm with the Chinese Progressive Association, and we have served uh, working-class Chinese immigrants in San Francisco for 50 years. I'm also a San Francisco resident. CPA has talked to over 1,300 community members, and our community is deeply concerned about safety and wants long-lasting solutions that include prevention and addressing the root causes of crime. That includes adequate and effective responses from 911 dispatchers, police, medics, emergency workers, mental health and drug rehab providers, educators, counselors, after school programs, as well as programs that protect tenants, workers, and families. The city is projected to have half a billion dollar deficit in fiscal year 25 to 26, and we're heading into mid-year budget cuts. We need our government to be smart, smart and responsible in developing and funding a comprehensive approach to safety. That's why any increase in police funding must not come at the expense of so many other life-saving priorities. Thank you. Good morning. Supervisor Safai, are you going to listen? Not be on your phone? Thank you. Greetings to all the members of the committee. <clears throat> Two weeks ago, many San Franciscans, including myself, came up to this microphone to express support for Matt Dorsey's charter amendment for increased police funding and staffing, which would be brought to voters to decide yay or nay. Then last Monday, poisonous changes to the amendment were presented. In order to restore our police to full staffing, voters have to accept a new tax? Forget it. No way. Dorsey's charter amendment was sabotaged last Monday by divide-and-conquer politics and self-serving political interests. Could feel him in the room earlier. Dump the poisoned Safai Charter Amendment. We don't want it. Scrap it. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Michelle O'Neill. I'm a compliance manager and a voter. I live in the Tenderloin, so I see what's happening in my community and the city I work for the health department. I represent Local 21 as a health professional delegate. And I approve the amended version of this act. I have served as a police commissioner in another county. And it's important to recognize that police alone cannot, affect, cannot fix our safety concern issues. I work for the city. 
I see what's happening. I'm a compliance manager. I find out what's happening with the most vulnerable population. And putting funding behind policing and not focusing on services that are going to help those that are in need will really affect our community. Remember, we are voters too, and our voices matter. Good morning, my name is Gloria Lucas Davis, and I am the Purchasers Chapter President for Local 21. I've lived in the city most of my life, well, practically all my life, and I, at one point, represented the San Francisco Labor Council at the D10 Implementation Committee. I am here in support of the improved version of the SFPD Full Staffing Act. As my son is also a police officer, this improved version is now amended to incorporate new revenue sources instead of a $200 million budget set aside. Without additional funding, our city, according to the controller, already faces a projected $500 million deficit by fiscal year 2025 to 2026. We also need to recognize that police alone cannot time fix all of our problems. Thank you. Good morning, supervisors. My name is Luis Barahona, and I'm a housing inspector for the city. I've also lived in San Francisco for 20 years. Um, I'm here in support of the improved version of the SFPD Full Staffing Act, now amended to incorporate new revenue sources instead of a $200 million budget set aside. Um, I think it's important to recognize that uh, we're not going to police our way out of whatever perceived safety issues you think are occurring. Um, this needs to be a full-scaled um, community holistic approach to ensuring that the community is receiving the services that they need and uh, it's responsible um, physical policy to have uh, a funding source when you are doing a set-aside. So I strongly appreciate that this has been amended and I am in support of that. Thank you very much. Good morning, Supervisors. Tess Wellborn, SF Rising. Uh, don't pit services and programs against police. That's just wrong. The mayor has fully funded the police department, yet they're understaffed. Why? SFPD is one of the worst in the nation in closing cases. Why? Now, SF's population has fluctuated, so why should we lock ourselves into some specific number of police? You know, we may go up, we may go down again. Police don't keep us safe. They come after the fact. Invest in what does keep us safe. That's the services and programs that have already had two cuts this year. We need jobs, good schools, affordable housing, tenant counseling, and more services for people who are unhoused. Thanks so much.
Good morning, members of the Rules Committee. My name is Jackson Nepiers, and I am here on behalf of the San Francisco Chamber of Commerce. The San Francisco Chamber opposes the amended San Francisco Police Department Full Staffing Act under review today. We support the initial charter amendment's intent, which aimed to fund crucial SFPD recruitment and retention efforts from the city's general fund. The amendment, the amended version currently under consideration implies that San Franciscans must agree to pay extra for a full staffed police department. It is critical for our city to demonstrate a strong commitment to public safety and linking that message to a new or modified tax diminishes its impact. More than ever, we need the resources to combat open air drug markets and address property crimes that disproportionately affect businesses, residents, and tourists. The San Francisco Chamber of Commerce does not support forcing a choice between adequate police funding and additional taxation. Public safety is a critical function of public service and should be funded from the current general fund. Thank you for your time and consideration. Hi, my name is Mimi Klausner. I've lived in San Francisco for more than 35 years, and I'm a volunteer with San Francisco Rising. Um, I'm opposed to increased funding for the police at the expense of all other city workers and the services they provide. With the potential $700 million deficit in the next two years, other departments are being asked for 3% cuts. That just is not fair. Increased numbers of police do not increase public safety for the majority of our residents. As Supervisor Safai said last week, public safety is created by a large ecosystem of support, 911, EMTs, mental health workers, after-school programs, tenant counseling, caseworkers, and so much more. Why should we add more police, even if we could get them to a department that in the last quarter of 2022 used force on black people 25 times as often as on white people? This is not increased public safety. Top of the morning, Brandon Dawkins, SEI Local 10 to one VP of Organizing. My hope is that we're not here next Monday sharing the same messages from last Monday that we're repeating today. Increased police staffing does not keep San Francisco safe. What keeps San Francisco safe is more funding for mental health services, for homelessness services, for public health services, and other services that keep San Francisco safe, not additional police officers, not additional funding to the police department. So therefore, we are here in support of Supervisor Safai's amendments to the resolution. Thank you. Good morning, supervisors. My name is Kristen Hardy. I'm with SEIU Tent One, San Francisco native and a San Francisco voter out of San Francisco General Hospital chapter. I'm here to strongly support uh, Supervisor Safai's amended proposal, which no longer mandates a set aside taking money out the general fund, which which funds all the services that we all work for as public county uh, servants. The original proposal limited flexibility in budget allocation, which is not something SEIU Local 10 to 1 could support. Public safety requires more than just the police, Supervisor Dorsey. The original set aside would have drained $200 million over the la over five years, reducing essential services such as firefighters, nurses, my 911 dispatchers, mental health, homeless services, 
services and addiction services that you once used. We need new funding streams for public safety set-asides aligning the safety's official policy. Rather than playing politics, let's find ways to invest in our city and deliver for residents without shrinking vital public services. And I will make sure my voters in my county do not vote for this. Good morning, supervisors. My name is Tatiana Guardado, and I am a community advocate with the Asian Law Caucus CIS Criminal Justice Reform Program. On behalf of the caucus, I'm here to reiterate our opposition to this charter amendment. Although Supervisor Safai's changes to this proposal adopted last week are likely to help reduce its harmful financial impact, the overall proposal is still troubling. It would continue to shackle the judgment of city leaders far into the future based on the incorrect assumption that complex public, safe, public safety problems can be reduced to the number of sworn officers who are on the payroll. Additionally, the proposal doesn't just create a five-year set-aside. The earmarked fund in section 16.132 will continue until 2035, and certain changes to the police staffing planning and budgeting process will continue permanently. These changes threaten to convert the existing system of police commission and board of supervisors oversight of SFPD staffing plans into a meaningless rubber stamp. Thank you. Hello, my name is Francesca Pastine. I am the president of the Intermission Neighborhood Association. I oppose San Francisco Police Full Staffing Act as amended by Supervisor Safai and urge you to vote against it. Supervisor Safai's amendment ties public safety to an unknown future tax that voters must approve. This leaves Dorsey's legislation without an actual funding source. It is unconscionable to hold our safety hostage by asking voters to raise taxes in order to get a fully staffed police department. Staffing the SFPD is critical. Um, we demand a fully staffed police department now. This is time for action, not politics. Supervisor Safai is playing politics with our public safety. Um, we need courage. We do not need the status quo. I have friends that are afraid to leave their house on Rust Street, Mena Street, and Natoma Street. Um, please um, do not vote for this amendment. Thank you. Good morning, Supervisors. My name is Richard Perrin. I'm 78 years old. I've lived all my life here in San Francisco. In the past two meetings, I've represented uh, seniors and veterans and talked about how the criminal element in the city has preyed upon our community and the Asian community. Today, I'm representing the Catholic Alumni Action Community. It is a super PAC. We have raised $1.3 million, and we will use that $1.3 million to remind the voters how you voted today. If you don't believe me, ask Supervisor Dorsey how I helped him get elected last year. Remember all those times at 7 o'clock, Supervisor? When I commit to something. So we followed General Dorsey last year. My people are going to follow this retired Brigadier General next year. And I guarantee I've never lost a battle in all my 31 years in the U.S. Army. I'm not going to lose this one either. You can, you can take that to the bank. Bye-bye.
Uh, good morning, members of the committee. Rudy Gonzalez, San Francisco Building Trades, and I'm one of three co-chairs that represent the Public Employees Committee of the City and County of San Francisco. Um, one of the things that we have to really be careful about is the words that we use, um, but also the posturing, because these things are cyclical in nature. And proposing mandates without identifying funding and ginning up the electorate around a new tax, because that's politically something that might favor certain folks that might be up for election soon, uh, is none other than reckless. Because an unfunded mandate like this, without creating a collaborative scenario where you can talk about existing tax revenue, you have homeowners now worried that someone's going to come after their taxes. When in reality, we have corporations and we have businesses that are in need of recalibration of tax reform. And you're ginning up an electorate that will not be favorable to you in the long range. We have a structural deficit coming. We appreciate Supervisor Safai's fiscal responsibility and his commitment to working families in San Francisco, and we urge your strong support for the amendment. Good morning. My name is Corey Hallman. I'm a representative with Teamsters Local 856. Been a resident in the Tenderloin in San Francisco for 21 years now. I'm here to support the improved version of the SFPD Full Staffing Act, which now amended to incorporate new revenue sources instead of a $200 million budget set aside. Without additional funding, our city, according to the controller, already faces a projected half billion dollar deficit fiscal year for next year. We also need to recognize that police alone cannot fix all our public safety issues. We need more nurses, 911 dispatchers, paramedics, and so much more. New polling shows that San Franciscans want a comprehensive approach to public safety. San Franciscans support a safer, smarter SF. Thank you for your time. Good morning. My name is Harvey Tai, the Cantonese interpreter for Mei Mei. Hello, my name is Mei Mei, and I am an IHSS home care provider that cares for the residents in the city of San Francisco. I'm also a regional vice president with SEIU Local 2015. We are the nation's largest long-term care union and also California, a large labor union representing nearly 450,000 nursing home workers and home care providers. I'm here to express my full support of the improved version of the SFPO Full Staffing Act, now amended to incorporate new revenue sources instead of a $200 million budget uh, set aside. 
如果冇額外資金，到咗二零二五至二零二六財政年度，根據審計長嘅講法，本市預計會面臨五億美元嘅赤字。Without additional funding, our city, according to the controller, already faced a projected 500 million deficit by fiscal year 2025 to 2026. We also need to recognize the police alone cannot fix all of our public safety issues. We need more nurses, emergency dispatchers, paramedics, uh, mental health providers, and so much more. Thank you. Good morning, supervisors. My name is Benny Zank. I am a staffer. I'm, I'm staff in our environment department. I'm a rank and file member of IFPTE Local 21. I'm here to speak in support of uh, Supervisor Safai's improved um, version of the SFPD Full Staffing Act. I really just hope that there, if there is such a strong desire for public safety, we think of our city in a holistic way. We don't pit our city staff against each other. All of our departments are in need of additional staffing. All of us are working really hard to make this city a better and safer place for our residents. And please do not pit us against each other by taking this large portion of funds out of the general fund and asking our other departments to do cuts across the board while staffing up the police department. Thank you. Good morning, supervisors. My name is Mohammed Yasser. Uh, I'm a chapter president for IFPT Local 21 Field Operation Chapter, and also a proud Excelsior District resident. I'm here to support Supervisor Safai's improved version of SFPD Full Staffing Act, now amended to incorporate new revenue sources instead of a 200 million budget as set aside. Without additional funding, our city, according to the controller, already faced a, project, uh, a projected 500 million deficit by fiscal year 2025 and 26. We also need to recognize that police alone cannot fix all of our public safety issues. We need more nurses, non-government dispatchers, paramedics, and so much more in San Francisco. New polling showed that San Franciscans want a comprehensive approach to public safety. San Franciscans support a safer, a smarter SF. Thank you. Hello, uh, my name is Brenda Barrows. I'm with SEIU 1021 I'm out at San Francisco General Hospital. And I just wanna say that um, this, this is very important because it's deciding the direction of San Francisco. Does San Francisco wanna become a police state? Because that's where it's headed with what you're talking about. You just want more and more and more police and you think that's gonna be the solution to all the problems. Yet all the underlying problems are gonna still exist. So when you arrest all these people, where are you gonna put them? You're also talking about closing the jails. So I, I don't understand this and um, thank you Supervisor Safi for coming up with something logical and sensible to deal with this problem. 
Yes, we need more police. Yes, everybody wants to be fully staffed. I know we do at the hospital. We want to be fully staffed too because we help the public too. We do a lot of good for the public. And sometimes we can't do everything we want to do because there's not enough people. So just keep that in mind, please. Good morning, supervisors. My name is Tanya. I'm a member of uh, SEIU Local 1021, and I'm a nurse at San Francisco General. I do support uh, Supervisor Safai. Um, I've been living in San Francisco for 35 years. Thank you. Hello. Increasing our taxes to solve the SFPD staffing crisis is irresponsible. We pay taxes that should provide us with basic public safety and a fully staffed police department. It's pretty unacceptable and it's a failure on your part to listen to many of your constituents who have repeatedly pointed to public safety as their top priority. It is clear that some of you who are up for re-election in 2024 know well that the majority of San Francisco's want safer streets, want our cars and small businesses not to get broken into because you're changing your tunes. For example, at multiple community meetings, my D1 supervisor, Connie Chan, who voted to defund the police, is now performatively demanding more police resources and officers all over our district. So it's surprising to see others of you running for office not getting the memo. So if she were here, I would tell her that I'm asking as a D1 resident for her to oppose this measure or stop pretending to care about public safety in D1. It's public safety is the cornerstone to almost every aspect of quality of life in San Francisco. Raising taxes for basic city services, that ain't happening. Think of something else. Please get out of your clown cars and oppose this offensive charter amendment. The people of San Francisco aren't the guinea pigs for the political games of certain members of this committee. We are tired of being victims of crime that harms residents and small and large businesses alike. The dire staffing crisis at the police department has repercussions across all of San Francisco's residents and workers. Do your jobs and figure it out, and figure it out without adding a tax. It is imperative for San Francisco's recovery to fully staff SFPD. Vote no on this amendment. We have a deficit as a direct result of highly visible increases in crime and exits of businesses. Fix that and you'll fix your deficit. Uh, good, mo <clears throat> good morning, Supervisors. Alan Buradell. Uh, irresponsible. We heard the word irresponsible from Supervisor Safai last, uh, last week. Uh, about Dorsey's proposal. Supervisor Dorsey's proposal is not irresponsible. What's irresponsible is that supervisors to the left and to the right of Supervisor Dorsey here today, these supervisors took our city budget from around the seven or eight billion at the time that they were elected and they doubled it to the 15 billion that it is today, these two supervisors. Not Dorsey. Dorsey had no hand in that. And along the way, they defunded our police by $120 million in uh, 2020, despite what we hear from you. It's documented. It's well documented. Dorsey had no hand in that either. Supervisor Dorsey, make a motion today to continue this item. Put the ball in Supervisor Safai's court. Supervisor Safai, second that motion and continue this for the collaboration that you say you want. You say you want collaboration. Let's have it. Continue this item. Thank you. Hello, my name is Leah McGeever. I live in D6 around uh, Market and 7th Street. 
Um, I'm just here to point out that Supervisor Safai has consistently aligned with Supervisors and Dorsey and Guardio, um, Mandelman and Stephanie on more police funding and power. I'm sure Supervisor Safai's play here surprised his pro-policing bud, Supervisor Dorsey. It's only today that Safai chastises Dorsey for acting like he's working for the SFPD. I'm against this whole charter amendment, especially if it gives even more money to an already bloated SFPD budget. It rained yesterday. I handed out extra jackets I had uh, to people who are homeless that are exposed and just out on the sidewalks outside of where I live. And the first thing a homeless woman said to me when I said I had jackets for them was, I'm broke right now. And I just found that utterly shameful for us. Um, stop focusing on funding SFPD and urgently start funding homes for the homeless and food for the hungry. Morning, I'm Deborah Grabel. I'm the proud executive director of IFPTE Local 21. And I just want to say that I actually trust San Francisco voters. And I think if you trust San Francisco voters, then you would also put this on the ballot. Polling shows that they support a smarter, safer San Francisco. San Franciscans know what we need. I'm tired of hearing about our members who live in San Francisco, who are getting mugged every day, who are targets of hate crimes. And I'm tired of um, you all playing politics and not having solutions. I commend Supervisor Safai and Supervisor Shimon Walton, who 90% of the time are probably on different sides of an issue who came together to actually stand up for San Franciscans. And I think if you trust the voters of San Francisco, then you would let them vote on this measure in March instead of playing politics. Morning, uh, my name is Shumin Lee uh, of SCIU 1021, and I'm a 30-year resident of San Francisco. I went to middle school here, high school here. I live in the Mission District, and I support the amendment that's a more sustainable approach to the budget. We need more funding for 911 dispatchers, for teachers, for nurses, um, and not for police. So if I, if, if Supervisor Safai, uh, sorry, Supervisor Dorsey really believe in public safety, I would love to see more uh, support for those legislations that actually support full funding for all those essential public and social services and not police state. Are there any additional members of the public for public comment on this matter? I do not see any additional commenters. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Public comment on this item is now closed. Vice Chair Walton. Thank you, Chair Dorsey. <clears throat> One, I want to thank uh, just the diverse amount of speakers that came out today and to provide public comment. We definitely appreciate you coming out. Um, I do want to start my comments just with, and I'm going to be brief, but it's a fact that the police department was not funded $120 million in 2020. This is not something that Supervisor Walton is making up. I don't care what documentation um, people may want to believe. Uh, you can ask the police chief that question. You can ask the mayor that question. You can go back and look at the budget for that year. The police department was not defunded $120 million. Uh, I do want to remind people what did happen in 2020. The voters of this city overwhelmingly, 71%, voted to get rid of minimum staffing here in San Francisco because they knew, they knew that it was arbitrary, they knew it was unachievable. There is no way that you can guarantee a number of police officers in any city. 
our city fluctuates in terms of population. Our resources need to go to the entire safety net here in San Francisco. And again, like I said last time, we don't have a funding issue within the police department. We have an issue of folks not wanting to join the police department, not just here in San Francisco. You can't throw money in the air and think that people are just gonna want to join the police force. Officers, the police department, the leadership of the city have to provide connections with community and police officers so that folks can work together to build relationships and want to become officers. We don't have a police funding issue. And so I just wanna make sure that when we have conversations, we're putting out factual information in the community because this is an important issue here in the city and we should make sure that we're speaking with facts when we have make statements. Thank you. <coughs> thank you, Vice Chair Walton, Supervisor Safai. Thank you, thank you, uh, Supervisor Walton. Thank you to all the people that came out today. I appreciate uh, the comment on both sides. Um, listen, I understand that there's a lot of anxiety in this city right now. Uh, we've all had people that have been touched by this personally, most likely. Um, I personally have had my own car, my own home, I've had my daughter's soccer team. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on in this city right now um, that's, that has not happened always. And we have, to, we have to talk about that. And we have to talk about it in an honest way. But guess what? When you pick up the phone, and I know we keep saying this, you pick up the phone right now, call 911. See if you get someone on the phone in the mandated time. You most likely won't. They are literally working 14 to 16 hour shifts. I went over there a couple months ago. I was horrified. I wouldn't want to work in those conditions, but guess what? Those people get up every single day and make sure our public safety net is working. They're underpaid, underappreciated, and at the end of the day, they're understaffed. Go to the emergency room at, at General. See how quickly you get in to see a nurse. You won't. You might sit in that, in that emergency vehicle until they make room. Our emergency room nurses are staffed. Do we all agree that's part of public safety in the city? Yes. Do we all agree? Yeah. If you call right now, you see someone in crisis on the street and you want that paramedic or that crisis response team to show up, they're often not in a timely manner. So I, I know in... Supervisor Dorsey's heart, he knows that's all part of the public safety net in this city. And so maybe a couple years ago, we wouldn't be having this debate. But we are faced with a fiscal crisis and a crisis in leadership. The mayor has been silent on this. She might have put your name on, on your charter amendment, but I have not heard her speak about recruitment and this public safety net in a thoughtful way. And all that's happening right now in this room is people being pitted against one another. And I think what I've heard from everybody is we all want to address public safety in a thoughtful way, in a thoughtful way. So listen, uh, I know we're not gonna win over Supervisor Dorsey right now. I look forward to continuing to work with you on that. Um, I think it's an important part of the process. I invite you to be part of the budget process. And I don't say that in a condescending way, I mean it. When I was first elected to this body, I was not on the budget committee, but I came and spent hours and hours with the budget committee to learn the ins and outs of what it means to put a budget together in this city. 
It is not an easy process. You have people in tears in your face saying, I will not be able to get services. Elders, children in childcare. This room was packed with twice the number of people with screaming babies last year in our budget committee because the mayor was going to cut funding to childcare. We have difficult decisions to make. And public safety is a number one issue for many people. But we have to do it in a responsible way. That's why we made this amendment. And, and I agree with what I heard from the majority of people in this room. I think the voters of San Francisco care about that, but they care about it in a responsible way for our entire public safety net. So I, I, I would like to make a motion, a Chair, to send this to the board uh, without recommendation, out of respect for your position. Uh, we can do it without recommendation, and then we can take this matter up at the full board um, when it's there. Great. Thank you, Supervisor Safai. Um, I will just close by, I think it is um, good that there was some historical context mentioned about the um, charter amendment from November of 2020. Um, the reason that's important is I think people need to remember that over the last 30 years, the city and county of San Francisco has had a minimum full-duty police staffing level for 27 of those years. And while San Francisco, you know, came, you know, often didn't hit the minimum staffing level, that minimum staffing level kept the city honest about getting close. What we know about the 2020 Charter Amendment is since that time, our police full-duty staffing levels have gone off a cliff. Voters now have information about what happens when we have no minimum staffing level in the charter. We've only been in this world for three years and it is the worst police staffing crisis we have had in modern history. We had had SFPD brass here describe it as catastrophic. A third of the police department we're supposed to have isn't there. There's close to 400 police officers eligible for retirement and we are looking at potentially a police department at half the level. This would restore minimum staffing levels in a flexible way that in the way that the 1994 Charter Amendment did and it would give us a workable plan over five years to dig out of the hole and get there. Um, I am absolutely going to participate in legislatively and in other ways to make sure that we are making progress on this. I will be the first to admit that police aren't the sum total of public safety um, challenges that we're facing, but it's an important part of it, um, and I'll continue to work on it. Vice Chair Walton. Thank you, Chair Dorsey, and I just want to thank you for bringing up on record that the minimum staffing lever was not achieved uh, when that was a policy here in San Francisco because it's arbitrary and unachievable. So I do want to thank you for pointing that out for everyone. And we have a uh, motion on the floor. Uh, yes, we do. Uh, I was just wondering if uh, if the DC has any anything, nothing. Okay. Uh, on the motion to refer the matter to the Board of Supervisors without recommendation, Vice Chair Walton. Aye. Walton, aye. Supervisor Safai. Aye. Safai, <coughs> aye. Chair Dorsey. No. Dorsey, no. The motion passes with uh, Chair Dorsey dissenting in committee. 
Thank you, Mr. Clerk. On a two to one vote then, item four, charter amendment, minimum police department staffing and five-year annual funding requirement goes to the full board without a recommendation. Uh, Mr. Clerk, do we have any further business? Uh, that completes our agenda for today. Great, thank you, Mr. Clerk, and thanks everyone. Uh, we are adjourned.